Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. I am Chris and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hi. Uh, we're here to talk about a fairly eventful Azerbaijan Grand Prix. <laughs> fairly eventful. Yeah, a race eventually won by Lewis Hamilton, um, <laughs> but it was quite a journey to get to that point. So there's lots to get through. We'll try and rattle through it all and keep this podcast to less than three hours, ideally. Um <laughs> We were sort of joking before the race how many corners it would be before the safety car got called. Half joking, I guess. And it turned out to be three corners. It sort of started in turn two when Sorokin fairly clumsily ran into the back of Perez. I don't know if you guys saw the onboard of that, but... Yeah. He just sort of didn't bother braking and ran into the back of Perez, it seemed. Yeah, yeah. Then as he was recovering on the next straight, he kind of got sandwiched between Hulkenberg and Alonso, which he couldn't really do much about, but... It could have been a really nasty accident, actually, that. It could have been a lot worse, but like you say, I don't think there was a huge amount he could have done about that. Hulkenberg kind of came across him a little, and he was just stuck for anywhere to go because he was stuck between the two of them, and he kind of almost got pincered a little. Yeah, I yeah. think the stewards put it down as a racing incident, which is probably fair. Yeah. That that did finally put an end to Sorokin's race after two calamitous corners. <laughs> Um, that also caused a fair bit of damage to Alonso, which we'll come on to a little bit later. Then the thing that actually caused a safety car was turn three when uh, Raikkonen and Ocon came together. They went side by side through turn two, and then Ocon was sort of ahead going into turn three, and Raikkonen tried to go up the inside. Ocon ended up getting punted into the wall. Uh, I don't know about you guys, my initial reaction was that Kimi had just sort of steamed in there, but... Ocon very much Ocon very much blamed Raikkonen Raikkonen sort of seemed uninterested in discussing it <laughs> I think that Ocon needs to give Raikkonen more room in that scenario because he's coming from the outside of the corner across it and in an early in an early lap like that he needs to be more mindful of the fact that somebody is there. Yeah. Even if Raikkonen's not actually officially putting a move on him or anything, is he's got to be more mindful that there's likely mm. to be somebody down the inside of him. Just because it's like I say it's the first sort of three corners, so they they're going to be two by two for a lot of those first few corners. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. I agree. I feel like Raikkonen was trying to put it into a gap that was always going to close because it's such a tight corner I think he should have bailed out of it yeah I don't think he was far alongside enough to sort of claim the corner for yeah, himself but that's anyway, what I think but oh no I'd never say he was but I, I just mean that I think in those scenarios you've got to sort of use your nous in the fact yeah. that yeah. you know there are a lot of cars around and you can't just come from the outside line to the inside line and take what is albeit the acceptable racing line on a normal lap, I don't think you can just say, well, that's all I was doing in a scenario no. where everybody's too wide. I think but, that's more what I mean. I think even then, even if he... Th- there wasn't much space... He couldn't have left him that much more space anyway because of the way you go through that corner from where he already was on the track. He was already mm. quite sort of... Obviously, he's defending, so he's quite close to the inside of the apex anyway. Yeah. So it's either... 
take the corner or don't take the corner and end up in the wall on the other side after the apex, opposite the apex. Do you see what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I, I'd say I'd I'd if I think they're both probably you probably could have left him a little bit more room, Tom. You're probably right, but. I feel like it's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. In that yeah, they're, they're exactly. Both that, fours, that's, I think. that's a perfect way to put it. I think that they, they, they're as bad as each other for yeah. it. I think, but like other people managed to get through there side by side during the race, so I don't see why they couldn't. Yeah. As probably more my point, hmm. especially on lap one where you you've got to expect people to be alongside you at any given moment. Yeah, yeah. and they did manage to fit three through one corner in turn two. So <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Raikkonen seemed to get off pretty much unscathed from that, but it put Ocon into the wall, uh, leading to only second retirement ever in Formula One, um, which is an impressive. Well, that's stat. for Ocon. Yeah, yeah, because wow. he he holds the record for most consecutive finishes as a rookie. Yeah, and he had Just his rock consistency. Yeah, he had his one retirement that ended it. that streak, and he's had a streak from then up until now. Ock on, ock off in that. Uh, <laughs> was it? Was it also not Baku last year? Did it? I can't remember if he finished Baku. Wasn't that the no, race? No, I think it was Brazil last year. I want to say. I can't remember what happened to him ultimately last year I think after he him did and finish. Perez came together. It yeah. definitely ended Perez's race, didn't it? Last they year. knocked chunks off each other for most of the race, but I think he did actually finish that one. Yeah. Um, yes, that caused a safety car during which time Alonso had to limp back to the pits with two right hand square punctures, um, yeah. just just scraping half his car along the track for about what two thirds of a lap. Yeah, I loved the radio message that yeah. was you may you may have some floor damage. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I mean, you're scraping. You think half your car down the road? Yes, you I, probably will have floor damage. I'd love to see the state his car was in after that. Yeah, I would. Um, he said himself after race that he thinks most drivers would probably have retired at that point, which I think is a, a fair assessment. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it kind of shows his sort of drive to carry on because he didn't. And he somehow got that car back, barely even managed to turn it left to get into the pit box. Yeah. Um, but that stuck some new wheels and a front wing on. Um, and he went out and bought it home in seventh. He actually overtook people with a car that was scraping along the floor at one point. Um, yeah. And insanely he actually beat van dorn which is not a great review of van dorn's race really it's like <laughs> no yeah not sure what more van dorn needs to do van to dorn. beat alonso this year van dorn stopped three times he stopped with seven so- stopped seven laps to go for a second set of ultra soft tires yeah you know they that? went they went for a um there's a phrase I'll not use on the podcast due to the fact that we don't <laughs> swear, but he went for an all or nothing kind of gamble, <laughs> which was I'm at the back of the park I'm, and there's a safety car. I might as well dive in fresh tyres and see if I can get through the field while they're bunched up. Yeah. Um, and it kind of worked. I think he went it, it from... It sort of did. He went but, from 13th to 9th in the last few laps, you know. Yeah, mm. it was kind of... It was just one of those all or nothing kind of moves that he had nothing to lose at that point being at the back, so... I can see why they did it, but yeah, not a great race for him, I don't think. It could have been better for Wasn't sure. his best. Um, no. Alonso said it was maybe his best race in Formula 1, which is something he seems to say every other race these days. <laughs> um, but it was an impressive drive. Um, then up at the front, uh, Vettel and Hamilton pitted at the sort of normal expected time, and Bottas just didn't, and stayed out on old, old tyres and just carried on pounding round. Um, in fact, he 
set the fastest lap of the race on lap 37, which was a set of tyres that he'd run in Q2 for his fastest time and done 37 laps of the race on. Yeah. And yeah. then still just pumped in a fastest lap. It was um, a 145-149 for those interested. <laughs> I know uh, that because the I thousand. made the graphic for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like even when people pitied the Ultrasofts at the end, no one got really that close to that, which is super impressive. And it was never going to be enough to give him the lead after he did pitted, but it did put him in a position where either he'd pit, come out third on brand new Ultrasofts, Hamilton would obviously let him straight by, and then he'd, we'd have another uh, repeat of him chasing down Vettel in uh, Bahrain, which would have been a nice repeat of that. Um, yeah. Or we'd get a late safety car, and he'd benefit from that, which mm. is exactly what happened, and I think everybody saw it coming an absolute mile off. Yeah. Thanks to a certain um, Red Bull team. It's... <laughs> I don't know. I, is this it? Is this? Are we here? Have we arrived at the at the point? Yeah. Well, let's. Should we dip into this? <clears throat> this is the point that we've we've kind of rushed to everything else to get yeah. here. Because <laughs> you, you know that this is going to be the conversation. Yeah. Well, just can I just say just before we get into it though, I love that Mercedes did what Ferrari did in uh, China, which but uh, in Bahrain, yeah. which was leave him out i love that because it's yes, it's, totally. it's, exa- it's worked in exactly the opposite direction and mercedes did what ferrari did and now bottas in the lead and it's just a perfect flip of that situation um yeah and yeah that's i find that really really yeah satisfying it's, it's but what they didn't me. do was leave him out there until his tires completely died to slow up Vettel and let Hamilton win, which is something I feel like Ferrari would have done in a reverse situation. In fact, yeah. Ferrari have done that this season already. Mm. Left their finished driver out to dry to help their other driver. Yeah. What I got particularly enjoyment from was uh, in in actually in reference to what happened in Australia was Vettel messaged the uh, the team saying, "How is he in front of us?" Yeah. He wanted yeah. to know how. Yes, exactly. It was almost Bottas had got it from the, the exact pit. radio message we got from yeah. Lewis, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And there's just a beautiful symmetry to that. I think. Yeah, I find definitely. that very pleasing. But anyway, yeah, let's talk about Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, so they basically spent the two Red Bulls spent the entire race together. Um, the 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 various incidents started after the first safety car restart. Um, Ricardo tried to pass Verstappen, and Verstappen just completely hung him out to dry in turn two which is what eventually let signs get past him mm. um and then they kind of got separated a bit while the renaults sort of found their way past the red bulls until hulkenberg put it in the wall but <laughs> we'll get to him a little later on i guess um then lap 12 ricardo had another go around the outside of turn one and verstappen just squeezed him towards the wall very aggressively they ended up touching wheels um that was, I mean, that move in itself was not really on, in my humble opinion. The touch wheels move, um, yeah, they were it was looking very. It was be aggressive between people from different teams, let yeah. alone yeah, yeah. They were looking to come out of that with tires intact. I yeah, thought. totally. If, when you look at the that... side walls of the of the tires, they're just black. They've rubbed, it... rubbed enough rubber off it to strip the paint off completely. It was almost reminiscent of what happened between the Force Indies last year. I can't yeah. remember if it was mm. that corner or not, but they are the one very after. lucky 
the, it wasn't a similar outcome where both cars were in the wall and heavily damaged. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, the Force Indies, it happened on lap, no, sort of turn three, which is exactly what happened with the Red Bulls on lap 27 when Ricardo tried the same move again and they went side by side into turn three and again yeah. uh, Verstappen stayed ahead by just squeezing Ricardo out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know if they did or not because we didn't get the radio messages, but this would be the point where I would be on the radio to both of them saying, you need to calm down, guys. This is not how we race each other. And I can tell you they did get that message. Okay. The, well, the, they ignored it. <laughs> yeah, the, the difference is as well, like, I, I have respect for the fact that Red Bull keep coming out and saying, we want to let them race. And that that's absolutely fine. I have total respect for letting them race each other. But there's a huge difference between saying, don't race each other and stop being idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was a scenario that was just waiting to happen. And it, it was a case of saying to them, you need to calm down. Like, even if it was against another team, you'd start to be saying to them, just be careful here because this this is going to end in tears. Like, we need, we're better holding this position and, and whatever. Like, I, I'm, team orders are not necessarily a thing that we want to see. We, we all generally, I think, agree on that, don't we? But yeah, yeah. To, the, there is definitely a, re, a point where you need to say, think about the greater good of the team here and stop being so aggressive with each other. As a team, yeah. But as yeah. a as as a punter watching it, then I'm happy for him to go wheel to wheel. Well, there is that yeah. wheel bang <laughs> yeah. all day long. You know, there's, you don't see, you don't get. We, we should appreciate it because you don't get many races where you do that get that level of exactly. contact and aggression between it's between drivers, let alone teammates. Um, one thing I will say is that I felt like Verstappen the whole time, the whole of this time, was driving like it was a computer game and not real life. I yeah, thought he it, was being really overly aggressive I yeah. thought and th- th- while we're on the subject of them rubbing wheels I thought that particular move I thought it was trying to kill him I mean that was, was really dangerous that it was, was basically he, ease off while you're in the wall wasn't it yeah it was yeah it, I mean R- Ricardo absolutely had to either lift or put the brakes on or not accelerate out of the corner to avoid hitting the wall there and you could argue yeah it's in Ricardo's hands he's in control of his car it's up to him but you shouldn't be pushing people into walls. Like it's Formula no. One. It's not blooming bumper cars. Exactly. I actually saw just before we started recording, um, Christian Horner said that the situation of them coming together is something they actually discussed, discussed the morning of the race and basically said, look at what happened to Force India last year. We're not yeah. doing that this year. And <laughs> clearly they didn't pay didn't attention to it. Didn't go in, did it? it? Yeah, yeah, it didn't sink in. Um one thing I thought was interesting, so it was so lap thirty-five was when Ricardo actually managed to finally pass Verstappen, regain around the outside of turn one. Yeah. Um, and then as a result of him being ahead, it meant he had first choice of pit stop, so he pitted first. But then that was almost the beginning of their downfall because partly down to the fact that he had a pretty poor outlap, but also normally we talk about the undercutting pit stops, and for some reason this weekend there was very much an overcut I think just because the tyres are really hard to switch on so Verstappen ends up with the advantage pitting second um, so he came out back ahead and it's like if Ricardo hadn't made that last move stick he'd probably have pitted second and ended up ahead on the road and none of this would have happened yeah it's bizarre it begs the question why they I suppose they had to pit because of tyre durability and at that point had they pitted yet at all was that their first pit no that was their first yeah so they had to pit for the second tyre didn't they but um, yeah 
it's a, it's it's a weird situation that isn't it for the for the tire to be so difficult to switch on and of course the yeah. reason for that is that you you've got such a long long straight that yeah you're going to get heat into the rear tires but you're just blasting the wind on your front tires all the way down that, that straight. is part of the problem I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head as to why some of the teams were struggling to prepare for the nose with the air stew because it is quite unique in that sense this track there is a lot of just full throttle straight and even the last sector that has its turns is pretty much full throttle flat all the way through so you're not really putting that load and that pressure on the tires like you would on other circuits to to, yeah. to warm them up to the extent that you would to, to switch them on. And I think that's why it was taking some people like two laps, maybe even three in some cases. Um, and it is ultimately what I think led to the incident because Ricardo's seen Verstappen come out in front of him. And I think that with all that had gone on up to that point... I think that didn't help because that was almost like red mist, like as if he's in front of me again after the stops. Yeah. And I don't think that helped. Even though yeah. Ricardo is normally very cool-headed and we have a huge amount of respect for his talent in overtaking, I think that the red mist descending of how on earth is he in front of me after, after the stops ultimately helped contribute to the accident, I think. Yeah, may maybe. Um, they they were both driving in anger, I think. Exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> Pro- probably. I don't want to exempt any one from blame. Is what I'm saying. I guess <laughs> I think that they, I think that they both at fault in certain manners. Well, I mean, let's let's get into it then. Lap forty was when the the inevitable happened. That basically like we were discussing it i was looking at twitter and everyone was saying the same thing like they're gonna come together this is absolutely mm-hmm. so like, you can almost yeah. imagine the um mercedes strategists were like should we bring bottas in like no watch these guys the, yeah. they'll sort this out for us yeah um yeah so ricardo came steaming down with a slipstream he dummied to the outside and then cut back to the inside as we've seen him do many many times before mm-hmm. not just um, ricardo many driver has done oh this. yeah it's, it's a, a classic overtake yeah yeah um, Verstappen, who was already sort of fairly across to the pit wall, um, sort of seemed to jink right and then back left when he saw uh, what Ricardo was doing, at which point Ricardo was already committed to the line he was taking, jumped on the brakes, he was behind Verstappen, so all his front downforce had gone, ploughed into the back of him, mm-hmm. two Red Bulls out of the race. <laughs> um, Red Bull themselves have refused to apportion any blame. Um, they are making the drivers go to the factory this week to apologise to the entire team for their naughty behaviour, um, which is actually apparently what they did with Vettel and Weber after um, Turkey 2010 when they came together. Yeah. And obviously yeah. we know how much that, you know, patched up that relationship and everything was smooth sailing from there oh, on yeah, in. So yeah. I'm sure this will work just <laughs> as well. Mm. Uh, um, the stewards looked into it. Um, they didn't apportion any blame, but they both they gave both drivers a reprimand for it. Stupid. Uh, Nicky Lauda stuck his oar in as he's wont to do and he said uh, Verstappen was 70% to blame Um, Uh, what do we think so I I, I mean I'm happy to apportion blame (laughs) yeah I thought (laughs) we would be Um, my my feeling I think Verstappen was overly aggressive all the whole race and I think it was entirely well not entirely his fault probably probably 70% his fault actually probably I'd probably no I'd, no I'd say more than 70 I'd say 90% Verstappen's fault because <laughs> he 
he made two moves. And I know you're allowed these days that they sort of sacked that rule off. They got rid of the you're only allowed to make one defensive manoeuvre. They got rid of it, didn't they? It's sort of. They sort it, of semi. It's more rid of about it. it being in the breakings. It's more about where you do it. And yeah. I think I think this is the key as to why the stewards are not apportioning blame directly yeah. on either one of them. Because I, I like I say, I don't want to acquit either of them personally. And the the reason that I want to sort of it's not defend Verstappen, it's I don't think that the two moves thing is a hundred percent against him because it, it the moves themselves are so very very small and minute compared to what you'd what you'd consider two moves and aggressively defending it's it's almost like just kind of blocking off the outside and then almost putting himself back on the natural racing line it's not overly mm. aggressive to to block i don't think because it's not the lo- racing line though is it on the inside the outside is the racing line he moved to the inside mm. yeah it depends because it's a corner that I mean I'm interested to just sit and watch the line all the way through to be honest but it's I just don't think it's an aggressive change of direction but as well it depends which angle you see it from as well yeah it yeah, does totally. definitely it definitely does but the thing that doesn't help matters is that the second that the the back of the car of Verstappen and the front of the car of Ricardo cross each other at that point, it's it's inevitable because there is so much downforce lost off that front end. It doesn't matter what Ricardo does; that car is going in the back of the other one. Ultimately, mm. there's there's nothing he can do at that point, um, which is why so, it's not Ricardo's fault because he's he's washed out. There's nothing he can do there. So the int- so if you go to the Formula One website and go on the videos page, and on the Right now, on the second row down uh, on the right, there's a, all the angles. Yeah, Ricardo and Verstappen. That's the one that Baku I crush. Right. So if you skip through to like the the for- forward facing down the pit straight shot and watch that one, it's about 15 seconds in. Then you can see just how aggressive the move from Verstappen is in that shot. Because he really, really jolts to yeah. the to the to the right of that shot to Verstappen's left, and to me that just says it all. It's it, he 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 made the move way too late. He they're already in the breaking zone. Um, it, he was wrong to do what he did. Uh, you've got to think right. If if every driver who was being overtaken made that move every single time someone was trying to overtake them, you'd have an accident every time someone went for an overtake. Yeah, because he's moving I, back into the path of the the faster car. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I do think Ricardo was going for a very very ambitious overtake, but yeah. you can't just move back across the path of another car. And the other thing is, like, it's also in the rules that you should always leave a car's width alongside the track when you make a move. And he. Mm. Did not leave a. There was yeah, a car's width when Ricardo was, initially not once made he then his move. came and closed the door. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that they definitely both take part of the blame, but I put the vast majority of it in Verstappen's corner personally. Yeah. I'd say ninety percent Verstappen, ten percent uh, Ricardo. Tom, what percentages are you going to apportion? I, it's difficult to apportion a percentage. I think it's definitely more Verstappen's fault. Um, 
but I think that it. I, I, I do think that it wouldn't have happened so much or there'd been a lot less chance of it happening if it wasn't for what I think is like a red mist descending on Ricardo when he when he saw that he was bit stuck behind him again and he was thinking to himself, I've got to do it all again. And unlike Daniel, he started to get a little aggressive and almost desperate himself, I think. Like it was it was I know we know it can come from a long way back, but that felt like come on, you know you you know you're going against Max. Like in my head I'm thinking he's going to be aggressively defend this. Yeah. Like it's not like when he put it down the inside of say Lewis or or Sebastian and he knows like you know how some drivers are going to react to you. I I don't know if he'd be that aggressive to someone like Magnussen who you knows quite aggressive himself in yeah. defense. Like it's about who you're doing it to, which is why I think that maybe there was just a little moment of misjudgment from Daniel. So I don't know. Let's let's go seventy five twenty five. If I really plus, have to. <laughs> plus, I think at that point he'd he'd mm. had maybe what five or six goes overtaking him throughout the race, and every yeah. time Verstappen had forced him to take the outside line to turn one. So he was clearly like, if I'm going to make this stick, I have to have the inside line, which is why yeah. he committed to it the way he did, I guess. Yeah. We've had a message in from our friends at Dat's Life on this very subject. Um, they say, we blame Verstappen for the incident. Um, he made two moves and also moved to braking. This is something that's happened before and has got on the nerves of a lot of the drivers. Yet, uh, it, nothing seems will stop Verstappen from continuing to do it. Uh, he's beginning to get on our nerves as it seems he thinks he knows best and will continue to do what he wants. Um, be that aggressively overtaking, uh, aggressively defending and taking his teammate. We'll try and stupid overtakes, then in collisions. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, right? If he carries on binning it as often as this, then he won't be on Red Bull for very long. No. Because you can't you can't go through a season and retire from the first four races through your own rubbish driving. Like, this is the interesting in... thing, isn't it? Because he's the man who's committed to Red Bull for the next few years, and Ricardo is the person out of contract at the end of the season. Yeah. I bet it's, they wish it was the other way around right now. I bet they do. <laughs> yeah. You know, like people who know who know less about Formula One are asking me why Red Bull don't just get rid of him if he keeps crashing. <laughs> and it's <laughs> like, well, Helmut Marco kind of loves him, so that's not going to happen. Mm. But it, I can't. I really can't see him. Teams do not. It does not shine well on a driver when they keep crashing. No. And in their heart of hearts, they must know that this is mostly his fault. So, yeah. again, that can't do much for his reputation. What I loved the most about the whole thing was how sheepish they both were in the interviews yeah. afterwards. Because um, Red Bull had already, get, before they got to the pen, Red Bull had given him a right good ear talking to. <laughs> and um, ear bashing, I should say. And uh, they were both just very, very humble, weren't they, in the interviews afterwards? Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame, really. I would have preferred them to just been sent straight to the pin and to start knocking 10 bells out of each other verbally. Yeah. But my my favourite part of the whole thing though was and I meant to save this tweet so I'm going to say this without crediting the person on Twitter but it, pretty much immediately after they crashed you saw Adrian Newey just fold up his papers pick up his pen and walk <laughs> yeah. away and yeah. someone said he's off to design some more boats <laughs> <laughs> I like that um, but to circle back to kind of where we started, that's life. Also said, can we also add that if Verstappen had just let Ricardo by, we'd be even more disappointed because that's not what you want to be seeing. You want to see people racing, which I yeah. totally agree with. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I think there were a few occasions where 
where Ricardo was pretty much by <laughs> and Verstappen yeah probably didn't give it up when he should have for considering it's yeah. his teammate like he wrecked his strategy i think i think ricardo could have been way up the way up the road if it had the not thing been is yeah, both definitely. of them could if if yeah. he'd had if he'd had the grown up mentality to let his teammate through because his teammate was faster he could have quite easily followed him through that pack and they could have both been higher up but by spending yeah. so many laps squabbling with each other over and over again they fell further and further back from the lead pack and they cost themselves positions before they'd even hit each other in that respect I think yeah, yeah their long run pace was rapid yeah man. like they were all through all through practice through the weekend they were looking really really spice for potentially for the race win and i i fully expect i was expecting them to get at least like a, a double podium or maybe even like a one two yeah but um yeah it just it, it was is the fact that it they were fighting so hard that they fell into the clutches of the the Renaults, mm-hmm. yeah, and they were exactly. so distracted by each other that they just got their own races wrecked. Then by the Renaults ahead of them, so yeah, really silly, yeah, ridiculous. Um, ruined my uh, fantasy league as well. Oh, don't get me started on the fantasy league. <laughs> absolute shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as a result of all that, we had another safety car, um, hmm. which as we kind of hoped. Or was at least as Mercedes hoped, it let Bottas pit and keep the lead, which led to Vettel asking the same question Hamilton had asked in Australia. <laughs> Meanwhile, behind the safety car, Grosjean just crashed all on his own when he was um, trying to warm his tyres. He sounded really confused on the radio as to what had happened. The engineer seemed to think that Ericsson had hit him from behind or something. <laughs> um, it turns out that he had accidentally hit a switch on his steering wheel and moved his brake bias rearward. So when he touched the brakes, the rear's just completely locked, which is what pitched ah. him into the wall. Oh. Which is such a rookie move, especially when he was he was running fairly well at I think that he point. Was sick. He? he was something. sick, sick for that something point. like that. Yeah, he was well up. Yeah, uh, that's a oh, that's a crying shame, isn't it? He he, he shed a tear on uh, Saturday. He had a really poor weekend as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, I mean, he had a great race to get it up to up to six. Yeah. Um, I know a few people who had him in their fantasy league as well. And, uh, One of them right here. What, oh, mate, you were in for some proper points um, if he'd finished the race in yep. six. Because he started down like 16th or something. You, you had the something maximum like points for, for positions. And he finished and with minus 20. Points anyway. Yay. Yeah. Shocking. Awful. Um, yeah. So that extended the safety car, Chris. Yes, did extend the safety car quite a bit. Um <laughs> Once the uh, the most ramshackle recovery truck I've ever seen <laughs> was trying to get rid of that. Mm. It looked like they just like found a number on a phone box somewhere and called it up. Like, if he got a spare truck, we've got a car that needs me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we finally had a restart with four laps to go. Um, and initially it looked like Bottas had just absolutely nailed the restart. Because um, mm. Vettel, in fact, another point of interest, when Vettel was controlling the earlier restart... Hamilton has actually today said he doesn't understand why Vettel keeps getting away with doing restarts like that because as far as the rules are concerned he's breaking them like you're not supposed to make lots of erratic uh, acceleration and braking at that point and Vettel 
sort of did the whole last sector just like no not quite and he almost went like to the safety car line before yeah, he floored and, it and it's aggressively bunching the pack up as well there's, there's yeah, also that I'm other element I'm amazed there wasn't another instant after that first mm. safety car because it was just a gaggle well, of cars behind do, him I don't know if anything ever came of it but I remember seeing at least at least one if not two things pop up saying stewards were looking at an illegal overtake before the safety car line but I remember during one of that the early Paris. safety cars Paris. is that what the five second was for in the end is that what it, it was, was yeah. yeah that was Paris but, but yeah. like there was a point where when Vettel was leading he'd back them all up so suddenly and so far and they were all a bit confused about where the safety car line was I think on the first yeah. restart that you almost had nearly five cars ending up side by side because they didn't know what to do and then he sort of went but that that is getting a bit close to the line of what you should and shouldn't be doing i think isn't it yeah it was yeah. ridiculous that i, I um, thought when it when it when when, when that was out i can't speak as that was i'm so excited i can't speak <laughs> um as that happened and yeah you were right four or five in a row at, at one point and that's obviously what caught perez out um that was like the days before they put these rules in where people had literally... I mean, the whole reason they brought the rule in, that rule in, was because Hamilton himself used yeah. to back him up the way he did. Yeah. He was like, when he was the new kid on the block, he was he was basically bringing the GP2 attitude to the Well, to the yeah, party. I was going to say, the the Formula 2 race in uh, Baku last year, someone did exactly that on a safety car restart, and it was just carnage into Turn 1. And in the end, I think the guy who was in the lead at that point ended up getting a penalty for backing up the pack so much and just cause I think it wipes out like three or four cars yeah. or something on the restart. Did you see the GP2 this weekend? It was fantastic again. Yes. Again. Um, well, I didn't I didn't see it. I just saw the results, but um, cuz I was working so, but, um, just every F2 race this year so far has been yeah. top draw. Yeah. But we need to if you're not we need watching to stick, that, watch it. Yeah, we need to stick to the formula though today. Yeah, we're still going to page of notes to get through here. <laughs> um yeah, so but I seem to have a really good safety car restart and Vettel was more at risk of losing a place to Hamilton than um, anything else but then Vettel just stuck it up the inside locked up and went sailing past Bottas yeah. um, wasn't the greatest attempt at an overtake really was it no it's interesting because it takes us back to the, the cold tyres thing yeah yeah, and it's something that had been happening all weekend in, in both series in the F2 and the Formula 1 is because the tyres again were so cold and they couldn't get any temperature in them because partly because of the time of year as well. Remember, this is the earliest we've had this race. Yeah, it used to be in June, Baku, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. So they're arriving at these, you know, big big stops and they're just not prepared. It's a step into the unknown. You don't know yeah. what, what your car's going to do, and you saw it all the way, you know, all the way around the track, all the way up and down the field. There were lockups all over the shop. Yeah. Qualifying was loads and loads. Of people went off. Brendan Hartley. Well, I mean, Brendan Hartley's thing was a uh, just while we're talking about officer and qualifying, quickly slip this in. The uh, the incident between um, Gasly and Hartley, where Hartley got a puncture. And yeah. Gasly had to weave around him. It must have been an inch off him. That was terrifying. Yeah. 300 yeah. something kilometers an hour he's doing, going into the back of him. It was horrible, yeah. It could have been really nasty. I saw someone like who interviewed him straight after said he was like white as a sheet getting out of that yeah. car. It really shook him up, as it would, I mean. It would. It shook me up watching it. <laughs> yeah, it was really nasty. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where were we? Sorry. Um, just, uh, Vettel locked up. Yeah, so it was it was weird though because after the race, Vettel said 
because as, so as a result, Vettel went from second and ended up dropping back to fourth at that point. Hamilton and yeah. Raikkonen both got past him. And after the race, Vettel just sort of went, ah, well, you know, it was my best chance at taking the lead, so have to go for it. It didn't pay off. Never mind. It's like, who is this calm, collected Sebastian Vettel? Like, I don't remember seeing him for a while. Mm-hmm. He was weirdly calm about the whole thing, but... Have you noticed it, well, in he... the last year or even two that a lot of the drivers have been like that. Like, the whole thing with um, Ricardo and Max was very, like, it was kept very low-key in the pen afterwards, like we've said. There was um, last year at Baku, ironically, with the whole thing with after Seb and Lewis came together. Yeah. Like, there wasn't, during the red flag period, there wasn't, like, any to do or any like the teams going together no. they were just like wandering around together like, I don't know it was it's just been really weird the last couple of years there's not been any of these Max hitting Sebastian in China like no reaction just yeah well these things happen like what is going on <laughs> Tom wants to see a brawl in there. I want to see like PK style I'm going to beat you up I'm going to get out of my car and beat you up right here right now that's what <laughs> I guess it's like a lot of these drivers who were once the young, hot-headed ones. They're all they've all been around for a good amount of time now, and they've all yeah. sort of grown up. I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I also think it's probably a Sebastian Vettel who, yes, this was a crazy race and it didn't pan out for him, but he also knew that he had a much faster car than Lewis Hamilton did this weekend. Yeah. Like he also the Mercedes was... was not quick this weekend mm. at all. He also knew that it was entirely to blame for what happened with his lockup. He knew he'd Oh yeah, totally. It's not like you can yell at anyone else. Yeah, there was no one for him to yell at, so Yeah. Um So that gave us a situation that I don't think anyone had predicted where we had a Mercedes one two, which was insane enough. Um and that lasted a whole lap until Bottas just heartbreakingly picked up a puncture Mm -hmm. that put him out of the race. Um yeah, I mean I don't know if you there's a really good photo going around so much to just get a shot of him just sat behind one of the barriers just sort of sat down with his helmet in his hands just looking devastated <clears throat> in fact it, a few people said that i think the reason he was wearing sunglasses in the interviews afterwards is because he'd uh shed a few tears after that which you can <clears throat> totally understand it was yeah i mean his radio message was quite sad as well. He was just he was just resigned to. I mean, this yeah. this race by that point had just become a lottery, hadn't it? Yeah, yeah it really had. And um, his message was something like, "Oh my god, it's just it just blew. It just went all by itself yeah. about his tire." And I obviously, mean, he didn't realize he'd run over the debris. But he sad. was he was just fantastic the entire race. He, yeah. if anyone deserved to win that race, it was him. And yeah. I think it's very telling that. Um, the reason Hamilton was late to the podium was because the first thing he wanted to do was run and find Bottas to say, like, yeah, you totally deserve this. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm heartbroken for you. And you could tell Hamilton, like, I've, you don't see drivers not celebrating a win that often, but he was very much, he knew he had been gifted that and someone else deserved to be stood up there yeah, for sure. It, yeah, it gave uh, it gave Perez a really good spray in the face with the champagne. <laughs> it's, I think it's also slightly telling that I think it was me and you, Chris, that had a quick chat about this after the race, but the fact that without bad luck, Bottas could potentially be sat on three wins and quite comfortably leading this championship. 
could and arguably yeah. should be, yeah. Like the, the puncture robbed him of a race uh, of a win this time round. The safety car timing robbed him of a win a uh, race or two ago. He arguably should have done a bit more to win in Baku and beat Vettel. Um, Not yeah. Baku, Bahrain. Hey, Bahrain, sorry. Too many Bs at the start <laughs> of the season. Australia, probably Hamilton should have won as well. Yeah. Well, some were saying that the the way that the luck played out into Hamilton's favour here was almost like him getting that Australia win back. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess that's one way of looking yeah. at it. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, you know what's crazy about this season is there's not a single race been won on merit yet. They've no, all been won on luck. No, there's not. There's been safety car and ex- extenuating circumstances yeah. that have led to each win so yeah. far. Because there's no way Vettel was going to win Australia. He was, wasn't going to get past Hamilton in Australia. No chance. Because how much overtaking was in Australia? Zero. Um, Bahrain, he, what, what, what led to the win in Bahrain? There was something... Um, was that a safety car? I don't... No, I, think, I think it was just a, Mercedes did a very different strategy that could Oh, Ferrari. Mercedes got the strategy wrong, didn't they? Well, they got it right, but Bottas was about one lap short yeah. of taking Vettel for the win in the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was... F- certain teams ran all three tyres in that race, which doesn't yeah. happen often. It was quite good. Um, then, obviously, China was was the safety car that... Yeah. That... Uh, and... Again, Verstappen into Vettel. Yeah. Like, that would have been... Um, Ricardo would not have won that race. That should have been a... His, that should have been yeah. Verstappen's win. Verstappen, that was Verstappen's too, yeah. to lose. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So, let's. Ho- I wonder if uh, the status quo will be restored in Spain or whether we'll be in for another I was say, absolute if, beast. If anywhere will give us a boring, just... <laughs> Uh, run performance of order run of the mill race it's Barcelona so we'll see <laughs> based um, on this season I'm not sure it will because no, remember we, in 2014 uh, Hamilton and Nico Rosberg took each other out of the race yeah, yeah. in fact I'm there the- was a there was an interesting tweet that went out from uh, Mercedes to Red Bull which uh, said it happened to us and we came back from it you guys will too and then Aww. Red Bull sent him a little fist bump back. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> nice little camaraderie. Did Ferrari not get involved Hashtag. on this after they played? Because they played Max yeah. last year, so... Nah. <laughs> Ferrari just stoically stand in the corner of Twitter looking down on everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so initially, Nicky Lauda had a bit of a go at the sort of race organisers that after all that safety car period, there shouldn't have been debris on the track. Um, but looking at sort of analysis that's knocking around online today, it actually looks like the debris that caused the puncture came from an incident that wasn't actually shown on the TV feed between Gasly and Magnussen um, the one lap before. Uh, the video is actually available online now. I tweeted it on the back of the grid account a little earlier on. So yeah, coming through turn 20, which is that last flat-out right-hand kink, um, Gasly had got a bit of a run on uh, Magnussen, uh, sort of went alongside him and then Magnussen just moved across and very nearly put him into the wall yeah. um, caused them both some damage Gasly then sort of still had some speed and was coming alongside him again and then Magnussen did basically the same thing a mm-hmm. second time, squeezed across towards the pit wall and Gasly actually just completely back out of it um, 
it's like because obviously after the race all we saw was Gasly just being absolutely livid and calling Magnussen the most dangerous driver he's ever raced against um but yeah having now seen the video I see why he was so upset yeah. um especially after the scare he had in qualifying the day before like it, it was yeah. a really nasty move. Um, the FIA have given the guy Banks a 10-second penalty and two penalty points in his license, which put him on eight points um, of the 12 you need for a race ban, although one of those expires today, so he's actually back to seven now. Um, honestly, I think he's got off lightly there, having seen that. Yeah, I think so. I saw that this morning, and I thought it was uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. Overly aggressive. Yeah. He said that... He didn't realise he was there because of the vibrations he had in his car at that point. Um, and right. you can see that he's... I think he'd already picked some damage and his left-hand mirror is flapping about a bit more mm-hmm. than usual. But even so, he he will have known that Gasly was behind him going through the previous sequence of corners and you don't just swipe across the track no. like that. Mm. Could have been very nasty, that. Yeah. There was a, another one more thing that happened, which actually didn't get shown on TV, and we looked at the shots of it this morning. But the reason it didn't get shown is because the feed um, went a bit funny when it happened. But um, Raikkonen hit the wall on the final corner. Yes, I did. I heard that actually. He um, like clipped the wall like flat out, didn't he? He more than clipped it. He whacked it. He absolutely whacked it. How his wheel stayed on, I will never know. But um, he came out. He. he managed to finish the race but honestly he is I just don't know how his car stayed in one piece they uh, really clattered it the second whack of the race as well for that they make strong cars at Ferrari yeah they do Um, yes after all of that we finally shook out with uh, Hamilton winning Raikkonen uh, second just about Uh, and Perez who managed to come back from a five second penalty that we mentioned earlier Um, and he overtook Vettel with a couple of laps to go to uh, take his first podium since Baku two years ago mm. a few other drives of note I wanted to mention uh, Sainz had a really good race fighting with the Red Bulls early on managed to bring it home in sixth um, Alonso as we mentioned earlier uh, somehow going from missing two tyres to finishing in seventh place uh, Stroll scored Williams first points of the season um, which actually means every team has scored points now uh, Hartley also got his first point in F1 coming home 10th although that was largely helped by um, Gasly's incident with uh, Magnussen sort of bending his steering rack so Gasly was just kind of nursing it home at the end Yeah. Uh, and finally Charlotte Clerk for bringing his sour home in a massively impressive 6th place uh, to score his first points in F1 as well yeah um, amazing result for Leclerc that incredible yeah which leads us very nicely on to what I think is going to be a very difficult driver of the day. Mm. Ooh, you've got a, you've got a nice little shortlist there: Leclerc, Bottas, Perez, Alonso. There's arguments for all of them, I think. I mean, Leclerc got the official fan vote. Um, I mean, he was brilliant all weekend. Like he, he was, was super quick in qualifying. Very much outdid Ericsson. Um yeah. He's calmed yeah, down like, a lot. Well. He, he has, was, over, he he was really way has. overdriving. First few races, he was really, really pushing a bit too hard. I thought, but um, he's this is the guy, really who, calm head. Yeah, this, this is the guy who won the F two title last yeah. year, isn't it? Yeah, he's back. He's back in the game. Really, just super impressive. Um, 
I mean, Bottas drove an absolutely perfect race and should have been the race winner, if not yeah. for Lady Luck ruining it. Um, I mean, Perez, really impressive uh, to bring that home third. Um, helped a little by Vettel hobbling his car. Um, I very much enjoyed Vettel coming on the radio to say he'd got massive vibrations, but he didn't need to because you could tell because he's just was clearly being shaken all <laughs> massive over the place. vibration yeah yeah <laughs> um alonso i mean yeah bringing a half a car home in seventh basically <laughs> yeah um anyone else spring to mind i think that's it <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a lot yeah. to choose from this time yeah that probably covers it for me i think it's quite the the, the official vote to get to go to leclerc i think is is quite fair. It's nice to see, you know, a rookie score their first points, especially yeah. a team like Sauber. It must be Sauber's first points for a while because they're not in them no. that often, are they? Yeah, gotta be. Um, and that car's looking okay. It is, yeah. It's amazing what a current spec engine exactly. will do for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's um, been a there's bit of a been a bit of a tipping of the order, hasn't there, this weekend? Because the Force Indias were nowhere and suddenly yeah. he's on the podium. So I mean, Force is very much moved forward. Um, Sauber look quicker. Yeah, Williams. I mean, they made. Did they make Q three with one yeah, of them? Yeah. Do we not Q3 think that part of that is down to just a pure Mercedes engine grunt that they were taking oh, absolutely, pure yeah. advantage of? Like to see the Williams jump that far to me just instantly spoke. Yeah. Okay, that's the engine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'll the same. What, you yeah, can say they're, they're running a, a half spec yeah, car as they've admitted themselves until next time out in uh, Barcelona so yeah. I think that yeah. both those performances kind of have a Mercedes engines to thank for them as well very much flattered mm. by the Mercedes engine on this track yeah uh, um, who's your driver of the day Tom I think I'm going to go Leclerc just because I had high hopes for him initially to, like, I wanted him to be able to perform well so to to finally start to find his head get some points First monocast scorer since like the series began in 1950. Yeah, is yeah, it's cool. I'm gonna go with Mr. Leclerc. Nice. Um, I think my heart says Bottas just because I was devastated for him, but my head says Leclerc as well. De- I think yeah, we'll agree with the official vote. Um, move of the day. This one's a slightly tricky one because although there's a lot of action. There wasn't that many what you would call spectacular <laughs> overtakes, were there? <laughs> no. Um, ones that spring to mind, there's a nice shot of the two Renaults trying to overtake the two Red Bulls sort of in tandem down the main straight, um, which eventually led to signs getting past uh, Ricardo uh, down into turn three. There was Perez's pass on Vettel for third, although that was very much him passing yeah. the hobbled Ferrari. So. Yeah. Um, Ricardo on the side. There was Alonso down the inside at turn... Uh, t- three or t- turn two, uh, t- probably turn two before he got taken out by Sirotkin. He overtook two cars yeah. in one, but they just pinched each other and yeah, and it ended in tears in the end. But up until that point, it was a solid move. Um, I'm struggling Six with this one. I think probably the, I mean Ricardo and Verstappen. The one that stuck was a. There were a few. Yeah. There were a lot of good moves. And if he makes any one of those stick, that's always going to be the move of the day. So I think maybe. I yeah, I think Ricardo. I'm leaning towards that as well. Definitely with the most entertaining driver of the race. Yeah. Yeah. I can go with that. All right, cool. We'll give it to Ricardo for the one time he managed to actually get by without them <laughs> making contact. <laughs> yeah. 
<clears throat> um, something there are a lot of options for. Honestly, what the f are we doing here? I mean, there's one obvious choice. Um, I guess we'll go for some potential other ones first. Uh, hmm. You've got to mention Grosjean and Hulkenberg, both for just crashing all on their own, both throwing away very strong point scoring yeah. positions. Yeah, Hulkenberg um, crashed last year here as well. He did, yeah. Not got a good record there. Um, I mean, it has to be the Red Bulls, though, right? Well, I don't know. I think it's more because the Red Bulls were in a fight and it, they're they're racing. Grosjean, I mean, come on, man! Like you're under the safety car. You don't. There's one thing you never do. Is yeah, that's true. Don't actually. crash under the safety car. At least the Red Bulls were in a battle with each other. Yeah. There was a reason. Yeah, that? that's true. Especially as a result of knocking a switch on your steering wheel. Yeah. It's just absurd. I, I've got to. For me, it's got to be Grosjean. Do you know what? You might have persuaded me last year. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Um, well, because it cost me minus twenty points in fantasy, is <laughs> Grosjean. End of story. Yeah. Grosjean, it is then. Ba- basically, right. it, everybody, everybody else in my fantasy team had decided to crash into everything. I was on for fourteen <laughs> finishes in predictions league here. I was like, "This is all right." Grosjean's my boost driver guy. He's going to bring me on some good points, and I'm on exactly oh. fourteen finishes right now. And then he went wall. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so it, Grosjean, you would have got <laughs> end of story. You, you would have got mad points having mm. Grosjean as your yep, turbo driver up until that point. That's why I'm mad so angry points. with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have got mad points had both Red Bulls not crashed into each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, although I will say, while we're on the subject of Fantasy League, I did do the best out of us three. You did. We'll Yay. get to that. Mainly because you've got Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Just quickly, we had another message in from one Peter Reynolds on Twitter um, who said, what a race. My £100 on Lewis Hamilton was never ever in doubt. <laughs> uh, Phil for uh, Bottas. Vettel, very immature. Um, Verstappen to blame 100% over aggression all day and move twice. Daniel Ricciardo will be trying on red overalls tonight. <laughs> I think Vettel, very immature, is a bit harsh, isn't it? That seems a little harsh, maybe. Um, I thought he was very immature. I think he's very chill, actually. He's very surprisingly chill. In the interviews afterwards. I mean, he made a mistake. He made a mistake, man. Like they make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, and then on the subject of Bottas, he said, crucially, he is justifying his seat far more than Lewis Hamilton right now. That's true. That is true. Um, he's definitely yeah. been. I mean, both the Finnish drivers have been much closer to their teammates, if not better than them, on several occasions this season. Yeah. It's just the look just hasn't shaken out for either of them, has it? Really, yeah. unfortunately not. Um, a couple of other little fun facts to finish. Uh, Hamilton, Vettel and Alonso are the only three drivers on the grid to score points in all four races this season, which shows you how spread out things have been. Um, Grosjean and Sorokin are the only drivers yet to score points this year. Uh, but if they do score points and there's no like driver changes through the season, this will be the only F1 season in history where every driver has scored points. Providing is... we don't have any driver changes, I guess. Yeah, which is pretty crazy, I thought. Um, and it just shows how mm, close that midfield battle is this year, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty much the top three teams and then everyone else could be anywhere. I can definitely see Grosjean scoring some points. Oh, Sir- yeah. Sirotkin in the Williams, he could quite easily go all season without scoring points. If anyone's yeah. going to ruin that nice stat, it'll be Sirotkin, I think. Yeah. I think that this weekend was a good example of a time where he could have taken advantage of being in a slightly better scenario than others and he was just unfortunate in the fact that he got squeezed out in yeah, that he did early get, move yeah he did get pincered <clears> didn't he yeah I it was like really Stroll proved that that car could have finished in the points and I think that 
Sorokin could have done the same job had it not been for that unfortunate yeah. incident. And uh, and just just to be clear, I'm not having a go at Sorokin. I think he's he's a talented driver. I just don't think he's got the car and being exactly. a rookie. That's, no, that's absolutely. it. And I think Stroll's going to struggle to score many more points this season for exactly the same reason. Even though yeah, he's definitely. got a year under his belt, he's in a position where that car is not going to be good in a lot of places. Yeah. Maybe Monza, maybe Canada. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Mm. Uh, do any of you guys want to run us through predictions league? I know Stu's keen to hear how well he's done. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I can do the honors. Oh, go on then, if, if you'd like me to. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I'm great at it, so why not? Um, so Chris and Tom both predicted Hamilton for uh, fastest in Q3 before penalties. Mm. Um, incorrectly, I picked Vettel and was correct. Uh, we all predicted Hamilton, um, and then our first DNFs, Tom was Gasly, uh, sorry, Chris was Gasly, Tom was Stroll, I was Hartley, and all three of us were wrong. Uh, Tom, you've got 14 finishes here, was, were there 14 finishes? There was unfortunately there 13. 13. Oh. Bottas is a, qualif- uh, is a classified 14th, but he's still a DNF, and it's about how many people cross the line, I'm afraid, so I lost out on points, because somebody else said 13. Damn it. Uh, yeah. So I incorrectly predicted 15 and Chris incorrectly predicted 16. So we were all wrong, as it turned out. Uh, random driver. We all... Oh, this is so sad because he could have easily <laughs> been fourth. Yeah. Um, Ricardo was our random driver. He finished 17th as a DNF. Um, Chris had him for fourth. I had him for fourth. Tom had him for fifth. Yeah. Tom. Um, yeah, so that's it. Although, to be scorer, fair, oh. even if he had finished the race, I doubt he'd have been in fourth or fifth, to be honest. No. The Red Bulls were probably looking at seventh and eighth or something yeah. between them. Yeah, well, given that they were just holding each other up the whole time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, if they'd not been holding each other up so much, then maybe we could have been uh, right. But anyway, let's put our egos to rest about our predictions. <laughs> so, um, our top scorer this week was... Ermo Van... Oh, this is why you wanted me to do it. <laughs> you you wanted to do it yourself, Stu. You did. Yeah. Um, was Ermo. He <laughs> scored... It was who, sorry? Ermo. Are you not going <laughs> to Do we have a surname? surname? Um, Van der Plurg, I'm going to say. Yeah, that, that, that that's good. sounds good. Yeah. So Ermo Van der Plurg. He scored three out of five on... Oh, he or she scored three out of five on their debut. I can't tell whether it's a male or a female I put they because I wasn't certain <laughs> um, loads impressive of you debut impressive debut can, can you let me do this keep <laughs> 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 interrupting I'm trying to speak here man um, loads of you got Sorokin as the first retirement only st- oh god not another one Stephen Olerenshaw got the number of finishes correct at 13 um, hilariously half points for Ricardo's finishing <laughs> position went to anyone who said sick oh, that's the closest that was... anyone got out of all the <laughs> really yeah yep. out of all the ones I'm literally reading this this is the first time I've read all this so this is yeah strange. I had a very good chuckle about that earlier when I was checking the scores <laughs> um, on the main leaderboard Henrik Lindoff has pulled ahead 
are in the lead on eight points. Um, Austin Kavanagh and Oleg Sidorov are next on 6.5 each, and Tom Austin Morgan has slipped from equal first to fourth on six points. Stu, that's me, <laughs> is next in fifth place on five points. Oh my! Oh wow! Fifth place. <laughs> um, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't looked at the leaderboard yet. I can tell. Uh, Tom, you've dropped back to 13th with four points, Ugh. and Chris is languishing in 18th position right. with three points. Only two behind you, though. <laughs> Still early in the season. Yes. Um, so thank you, everyone, once again, for getting involved. Um, if you want to get in touch with any of us, uh, we're on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. We're on Facebook. Just search for Back of the Grid. Instagram at Back of the Grid. And the website where you can see the leaderboard and all the other Predictions League info is backofthegrid.com. Uh, Stu is on Twitter at Stu underscore PX. Tom is at TomKing89. And I am at TNM Chris. And I think that will do us. So, just, just one more thing: don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. It you would not believe, as I always say, how much it helps us. It really does help a lot. It does indeed. Yes, please do. Yeah. So, thank you for sticking with us through that roller coaster of an episode after a roller coaster of a Somehow race. Somehow managed to keep it on time. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. <laughs> Um, and we will be back in a week's time for the preview of the Spanish Grand Prix. So until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.